Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Don't know if this is, uh, this is actually what it looks like, but Jimmy found a video on Reddit, the London, Ontario Reddit website, and it looks like there are people using manholes as little escape hatches. They're climbing down <laughs> into the sewers. Well, I don't know what's going on here. Describe, describe what this video shows. Uh, it looks like it's on somebody's Snapchat, and somebody sneakily took a video of somebody getting in and out of a sewer near the Western Fair. Okay. Uh, it's just an empty parking lot, and you know how some parking lots have a drainage thing right in the middle of, of the parking lot? Mm-hmm. That looks like what this person is getting in and out of. All you see is their shoulders and head... Cu- so she, it's sticking out of the hole now. Yeah. So it looks like she's trying is to get it a footing. Woman? It's, a, it's woman? a lady, and she's trying to get back down in there. Climbing into the sewer. So I don't know if they watched her get in or if they watched her get It's like a whack-a-mole situation. I don't know if she's getting in or getting out, but her head keeps going up and down. Well, people it. start speculating. This thing gets posted. People are speculating that there might be a whole community of people living underground here in London, Ontario. Has anyone heard anything about that? If you have, give us a call. 519-643-9696. See, that's the joke that was the, the head heading headline of this uh, video as well. It says, one bedroom apartment located in the heart of London, steps from the Western <laughs> Fair, $1,500, no utilities, no pets. <laughs> I know of about uh, two dozen sewer people. Oh, yeah? London City Council. <laughs> no, you oh, didn't. what a bunch of clowns. <laughs> Do you think there's really people living in the sewers, though? I, I, I've heard I need of this. to know. I've literally, not in London, but I've heard of people like certain abandoned subways. Or like New York systems. City, yeah. Yeah, there's literally underground uh, railroads of people who are off the grid. So this is near the Western Fair. Maybe uh, we've just uncovered a heist. Oh! It's a big plan to like tunnel into the... The cash room at the Western Fair slot. Oh! <laughs> Deal all the money. Ocean's 15. <laughs> Hi, FM 96. Hi there. This is Bernadina Blabbergina calling. And I heard a long time ago, back in the 90s, about a subculture called Scuds. Uh huh. Subhuman underbottom dwellers. What? Scuds. I've heard of the Scuds as well. Yeah, and they live in the sewer systems, and they have escape hatches, and they come up in the middle of the night just to take a peek and see what's going on. So during the day, they're in the sewers, and then at night, they come out to play. Yeah, kind of like trolls under the bridges. Yeah, vampires. Gotta watch out for them. (laughs) Before we move too further ahead, did you say your name was Berdino Blabbergini? I think so. I kind of forget sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you, do you live in a sewer? Yeah, are you a sewer person? Are you a scud? No way. Is, I don't like underground. Is it a scud or is it a chud? Because there wasn't there a movie called Chud in the eighties you know with that sewer people. Be it. Yeah, I think it might I be the chud. I remember <laughs> hearing about them the first time from one of my. I think it was a high school at that point in time, or maybe the first year of college. One of my sons. I've got four of them. They're all adults now. They're out there somewhere. They maybe have in the sewers. 
No, they have addresses. They can actually vote if they want to. They should vote. <laughs> I, listen, lady, I love you. Can you hold on the phone? Because I want to get your phone number so we can call you, okay? Oh, you want my phone number? Oh, yeah. goodness, do we? We want to maybe... Why don't you meet me down in front of the cob shop in a safe place and we'll exchange our calling cards? <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't you meet me? There's a there's a uh, a manhole cover right outside the studio here. I'll meet you down there in about two hours. Okay. I can't find you guys. <laughs> Just go over to cousin Vinny's and grab a slice. <laughs> okay. Oh, she works at cousin Vinny's. I'll be there. Do you work at cousin Vinny's? Me? No way. I don't work. I'm not allowed to. My dad said if I went out in the workshop force, I was likely to get shot for shooting my mouth off. <laughs> Bernardino Blavergini, everybody. Don't hang up. I want to get your phone number. You are a real treat. Thanks for calling in. Sewer people. <laughs> so, Chud Taz, you were right. There yeah. was a movie. It stood for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Do we have some of those in London, Ontario, <laughs> is the question. Maybe this woman who was climbing into the sewers... Do you think it was Tara Overholt? I haven't seen her for a while. <laughs> what? Remember Tara Overholt? She did the evening news over on CTV. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen her on, on the news for a bit, and maybe she's uh, she's just London's answer to April O'Neil. <laughs> and she's climbing down there to, to help the boys defeat Shredder. Delivering some pizzas. Heroes in a shell. Justin, what do you know about the underground community here in London? Well, when uh, I was in high school, we went to Montcalm's, just down Highbury. Yeah. And there is a vault there, like a sewer vault. Uh-huh. You, could go, you could go in underground into the big sewers where you could like walk in them. Yeah. And there was a, a room that you could find at the bottom of a ladder. And there was like a full house in there. And there was really? like three or four of them living in there at one time until Come they put on. bars over the pipe. Man, you went in there with some of your yeah, buddies we used to, we used to mess with around. your own eyes? We used to mess around in there when we were kids, so, yeah, there was definitely people living there, for sure. What did it smell like? Um, you can't really describe it, but it, it's not as bad as you'd think, probably. <laughs> you get used to it. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather live in the sewer than inside a dumpster. It smells less bad than a dumpster. The sewer smells better than some apartment building hallways. <laughs> oh, for sure. Other people's cooking. Sometimes that's just the worst smell there is. Oh, heck yeah. All right, man. So you're saying that, yeah, at some point anyways, there was people living in the sewers here in London. Oh, there probably still is. Jim, you got a message here? Yeah, this one's from Rob. He says, the whole sewer community thing is true. My buddy used to work in the sewers of London, and he's gone down there and had to kick people out because they got a couch down there and mattresses, and they're basically living down there. No idea how they get down there, but it's mostly downtown, underneath all the stores. There's a big opening somewhere, and people stick couches through, then walk them through the sewers. Yeah, I guess there must be a big opening because... Uh, it would be kind of comical to see someone trying to shove a, a sofa down a manhole. Pivot! <laughs> you know when you see like steam coming out of manholes? Yeah. I always wonder what that is, but maybe that's sewer people vaping. Could be. And it's all hot box down there shooting little, out the manhole. Under yeah. there? Is this for real or people pulling our leg? It sounds like an urban legend, you know what I mean, when you think about it? I would never, I'd, I'd be terrified to go down into the sewers. 
But I guess once you got down there, if you're in, you know, you get used to it. Oh, what we should do is put a GoPro and a flashlight on a remote control car. Mm-hmm. Explore down there. Keep ourselves safe. You know what we should do? We should dress Devin Peacock as a clown and send him into the sewers to explore. <laughs> God. That could be, uh, that's not going to cause any problems, is it? I can't wait till Devin runs into another clown down there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing here? What? Not far off from Halloween, and I thought I'd get everyone in the mood this morning with a little bit of a scary story. Uh-oh. Still dark outside. This is perfect. You ready, Jim? Yeah, I think so. Louisiana. Authorities receive a 911 call. Guy on the phone spins quite a yarn. Tells the 911 operator the story. Says that ghosts may be involved. The Uchita Parish Sheriff's Office decide they will respond to this call. They go to a home. The 911 dispatch says, Guys, be careful because someone here has been stabbed. And they've been hit in the head, in the head with an axe. Oh my God. This is what they were told over the phone. Deputies arrive on the scene. They find the caller, the guy who dialed 911, Michael L. Ottenberry. He's at his front door cursing at people who obviously are not there. Deputies say he was totally freaked out. He started cursing at the police as well. So they put him in handcuffs for their own safety. They inspected the area walked inside the house didn't see anything except a small bag of crystal meth on his <laughs> nightstand oh, no Ottenberry told the detectives it wasn't his meth the ghosts must have planted it <laughs> whoa how freaky is that? <laughs> the ghost of Christmas mess. <laughs> that is that's scary, man. You got ghosts planting meth on people down in Louisiana. Have they no shame? That's brutal. So there was there anybody killed or who's hallucinating all of it? There was nobody. <laughs> they couldn't find anybody who had been hit in the head with an axe. All they could find was the meth. That was not his. Well, thank God. How did that meth get there? <laughs> it was the ghosts. That reminds me, we tell a story a couple of months ago of a woman who said, that's not my cocaine in my purse. Oh, the wind blew it in there. This one is slightly better. Maybe that wasn't the wind. Maybe that one was ghosts too. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit of a trick-or-treat there, isn't it? I uh, I went to see Phil Collins in Toronto last Thursday night. Yeah. It was a good show. It was an interesting show. In what way? Phil's getting old. Yeah. He came out on stage. He was walking with a cane. 
He sat down. He told the crowd, listen, I appreciate you guys coming. We're going to put on the best show possible. But I just want to let you know I'm going to be sitting down for most of it. Oh. I had a back surgery not long ago, and my foot is effed. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> he, well, he dropped the F bomb. Yeah, yeah. He's like, and my foot is effed. <laughs> so I'm going to be sitting down the whole show. And he's, he's looking old. He's had some health issues over the years, some arthritis problems because of all the drumming that he's done. The really cool part of the Phil Collins concert was uh, the fact that his son, his 17-year-old son, is now his drummer. Hmm. And to see the father-son dynamic was really neat. He almost got the sense that the reason Phil is out there touring is so he can have this experience with his young son. It was really cool. <laughs> this is called a groupie, son. <laughs> Enjoy yourself now. Yeah. Knock a dead, kid. <laughs> The neat part, obviously, everyone's waiting for the sun to do 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 do. Of course, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. And they did it. Oh, so sweet! They did a lot of the big hits. The band sounded fantastic. Horn section, all of that. Uh, one of the questions that that people had as we were heading into the uh, arena was, "Oh, I wonder if he's gonna do any Genesis songs?" Because Phil Collins got his start. He was the the drummer and lead singer of the band Genesis after Peter Gabriel left. So he had to. Uh, the story goes that he was kind of filling in and showing that the new guys who were auditioning for the, the lead singer spot, he would show them what they needed to do, and eventually the Genesis guys are like, Phil, why don't you just sing? Hmm. He's like, okay. <laughs> and the rest is history. And there's another little tidbit um, to that story that he shared on stage in Toronto on Thursday, and I thought people here in the Forest City would be very interested by this. So this is Phil Collins on stage in Toronto last Thursday night. About three or four hundred years ago, I was in a band from Genesis. And uh, we played in Toronto many, many, many times. In fact, the very first concert that I sang when I was... Uh, first started singing in Genesis, the very first concert was London, Ontario. Whoa! Huh? I was scared, man. I was scared. And then we played in Kitchener, Ontario. The next time. So, uh, you know, this area is very close to Genesis. So I thought it would be very nice if we sang a song. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Phil Collins, the first time he ever performed live with the band Genesis was right here in London, Ontario. Wow. That'd be in the 70s, right? Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. So where where do you think that show was? I was asking some people over the weekend, and they said they think it was at the London Arena, which used to be downtown here. Huh. It wasn't a huge show. And you heard Phil say he was really nervous. Yeah. But pretty neat, man. That's so cool. In fact, the very first concert that I sang when I was uh, first starting singing Genesis, the very first concert was London, Ontario. Whoa! Huh? 
Jim's killing himself laughing over there. What are you watching on your computer? Well, I love a good internet video where the person in it is real, but they seem like a Saturday Night Live character. Okay. So this girl's name is Mary Witchenpack, and she's uh, she's an artist or an artisan, I guess, who who uses moose poop. As her main source of material. And what is this? Like a local news report or something? This is a news report from Maine, and it's like a full feature on her art supplies that are that are blowing up, and basically she just takes moose poop and turns it into art. Mary Winchenbatch runs Turdy Works. It's art made from the stuff that moose leave behind. Everyone takes a crap. Everyone goes to the bathroom, so everyone can relate to that. And every the terms that I use to name these products are everyday terms that... You know, people are used to hearing and stuff, so it just kind of, you just try to, you know, combine the two to, to come up with something halfway decent that's funny, you know. For example, the first thing that we make now, instead of a cuckoo clock, see, this is a poo-poo clock. And what we did see is we took them turds and we crammed them in between the number there, so that's 132, 33, 30. That's just one of many products she offers. <laughs> like, now, no, we, not that clever, but when you, when you see what she looks like, like, she looks like my Uncle Joe, basically. <laughs> She's short hair. She's got the short hair. She's got the shirt tucked in. She just looks like a stereotypical farmer. Well, here we make fecal people. And depending upon the shape of them middle turds right there, we can do them with big boobs or guts or butts or long legs or short legs. See, because there's no two turds that are ever alike. Have you ever seen a turd, the two turds alike? Guess not. No. Mary says half the... I'm trying. I'm trying to understand. What is she? She's selling little pe- people, like action figures, made out of moose poop. Yeah, they're hanging from a coat hanger, essentially, and it's just the each like moose poop. The way it looks, like it's little tablets. Like it's not a big plop. It's like it's almost like how rabbits they crap out those little gloss at raisins. They're like that, but much bigger, about the size of a, a, a chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> So they're all attached, like the each turd is a arm or a leg, and then the body and the head. Okay. Yeah. The battle is getting her product, but to do that, she doesn't have to travel far. The turds are all local. We just go out and track the moose, and, and wherever the moose are, they're going to take a crap. And I, I have found that when a moose takes a dump, you walk about 50 yards in any direction, and they take another dump. It's a fairly simple and efficient business model. And when a moose takes a dump, they'll crap out between two and 400 turds every time they... They take a crap, so it's like I, I get five bucks a turd for these things, so I get jumping right up and down. I get excited when I see a turd. Since going viral, she doesn't know what her next local stop will be, but she's upping her game with a new Turdy Works Facebook page to peddle her poop. Get on there, and that's all my turds are on that on that page right there with the prices, and click on them, and then get to me and let me know what you need for turds, and I ship it everywhere. <laughs> There's Mary. Oh, What's your last lady. name? Witch and Batch. <laughs> Mary Witch and Batch. <laughs> Turdy works. You like a good poo pun, don't you, Jim? I do, I do, but I just see Kate McKinnon playing this character on Saturday Night Live oh, yeah. and crushing it. Totally. <laughs> Post that video on the FM 96 Facebook fan page. If you need a Monday morning laugh, go check out Mary. And uh, I think I have figured out what I'm getting Jim for Christmas <laughs> this year. Little moose poo character. See Give me the poo poo clock. See if she can make a Taz and a Jim out of moose poo. Wouldn't that be cute? Instead of a cuckoo clock, see, this is a poo poo clock. And what we did see is we took them turds and we crammed them in between the number there, so that's 132, 33, 30. Wanna see you Time for sports, Dev. Let's talk about the number one team in the NHL. Your Toronto Maple Leafs lead the league with 10 points. They're not mine. 
Oh, you're talking to everyone else listening. Yes. They're yours. Aside from the Red Wings fans out there and the Flyers fans. They're Jim's team. Your team. Mm-hmm. The Bruins fans. Your team and your team and your team. <laughs> everyone gets a team. Yeah, Leafs, I mean, the first test, real test for Leafs this year was the Washington Capitals on Saturday. They won that game. I mean, they gave up the first goal 18 seconds in, played much better after that. The the crazy thing, that was, this happened even before the Saturday game, is like people started to talk about like Austin Matthews being better than Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I, I get the talk. But to me, like McDavid's still the best player in the league. Like it's the fact that Matthews is making it a conversation is a credit to him, and he's always kind of being like it's being McDavid, Matthews, one, two, in terms of the young players anyway. But to me, like McDavid is still better than Matthews. Now the, the big thing he accomplished over the weekend was he got to ten goals quicker than Bobby Hall and Wayne Gretzky have in their careers. I'm getting text messages here from uh, friends who are Leaf fans. They say Peacock is totally wrong. Austin Matthews is better than Connor McDavid. Okay, so gun to your head. You can pick <laughs> Matthews or McDavid to start your franchise. You're picking Matthews over McDavid. Like, Don't it's, ask me. Don't get mad at me. It's hard to say. I mean, you want to say Connor McDavid's prove, a proven commodity, but his... The Edmonton Oilers haven't done anything since he's been there. Matthews, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Leaf fan. I love Matthews. I'm not saying Matthews is bad in any way, shape, or form. You can start your franchise with him, and most likely he's, the way the Oilers are going and the Leafs are going, he's going to have the better earlier career than McDavid mm-hmm. in terms of winning stuff. But to me, like, if I could pick any player in the NHL to start my franchise with, I'm picking Connor McDavid. Hey, I just want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Taz Show podcast. If you want more, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the podcast places.